Hard RCT. Effect of strategy of initial laryngeal tube insertion versus endotracheal tube intubation on 72-hour survival in adults with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest. This was a study done by Wang and colleagues, published in JAMA in 2018. It addressed the research question of, in adult patients with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, does initial airway management with laryngeal tube versus endotracheal tube improve 72-hour survival? The NRC bottom line is, EMS personnel should consider using non-endotracheal tube advanced airway devices such as laryngeal tube to reduce time off the chest, increase initial airway success, and prevent delays in transfer. Study design was a pragmatic multi-center cluster crossover RCT. It's open label using intentional to treat analysis. 27 EMS agencies were involved, randomized 3,004 patients into two groups. Population's inclusion was adult 18 and above with non-traumatic out-of-hospital cardiac arrest who required airway management. Exclusion was initial EMS unit not part of the study, pregnancy, prisoners, facial trauma, major bleeding, asphyxia, LVAD, DNR. Intervention was airway management with the laryngeal tube, such as king tube. Comparison, airway management with endotracheal tube. If initial attempt was unsuccessful, EMS could perform a rescue attempt using any technique. The outcome was primary outcomes, survival at 72 hours. 18.3% with laryngeal tube versus 15.4% with endotracheal tube. This was a absolute rate, rate reduction of 2.9% and number needed to treat of 35. Using per protocol analysis, it also favored laryngeal tube. Secondary outcomes include ROSC, hospital survival, and neural outcomes with MRS less than or equal to three. ROSC for laryngeal tube group was 27.9%, 24% in endotracheal tube group, and was statistically significant with P of 0.03. Hospital survival was 10.8% in laryngeal tube and 8.1% in endotracheal tube. Again, P equals to 0.01. Neural outcomes with MRS less than or equal to 3 7.1% in laryngeal tube, 5% in endotracheal tube. Safety outcomes include first attempt unsuccessful, three plus attempts, unrecognized airway displacement, pneumothorax. Again, all of these favor the laryngeal tube. Strengths of this study was pragmatic design. The name of the study, PART, was stand for Pragmatic Airway Resuscitation Trial. RCT with a large population size was another strength and addressed an important clinical question was the third strength. Limitations of the study, training was not standardized, which was up to the discretion of the EMS agencies. No instruction on intubation technique provided 
and no limit to number of airway techniques. Cluster randomized crossover study design was complicated and confusing. Fragility index was low for this for the primary outcome, indicating that the study could have been converted to a negative trial if few of the patients had a different outcome. There was very low endotracheal tube success rate of 51.6%, which speaks to possible inexperience and lack of training of the providers. And there were no concealed allocation. Paramedic 2 trial. The Paramedic 2 trial was performed by Perkins and colleagues, published in New England Journal of Medicine 2018, titled A Randomized Trial of Epinephrine in Out-of-Hospital Cardiac Arrest. It addressed the research question, in adults with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest, does the administration of epinephrine compared to placebo improve survival? The NRC bottom line is, Use of epi in out-of-hospital results in higher rate of survival at 30 days, but at a cost of higher rates of severe neurological impairment. There was no difference in survival with favorable neurologic outcome compared to placebo. It was a very well-designed, pragmatic trial that poses a lot of ethical questions. Despite the increased survival, should we be giving epi if neural outcomes are worse? The study design is a multi-center, randomized, double-blinded, placebo-controlled trial, which enrolled 8,014 patients. It's conducted by five NHS ambulance services in the UK. Populations. Inclusion criteria. Adult, with, adult patients aged over 16 with out-of-hospital cardiac arrest and ALS provided by trial-trained paramedics. Exclusion criteria. Number one, patients less than 16, pregnant, cardiac arrest from anaphylaxis or asthma. Number two, epi given before arrival of trial-trained paramedics. Number three, traumatic cardiac arrest was excluded by one of the five ambulance services. The intervention was Epi, 1 mg IV push, Q5, 3 to 5 minutes. Comparison is placebo, which is saline. Outcomes. Primary outcomes was a 30-day survival, and 3.2% of epi group survived versus 2.4% in placebo group. NNT was 112, and fragility index is 6. There were more patients that had Ross infield with epi, 36.3% versus 11.7%. More patients admitted to hospital with epi, 23.8% versus 8%. There was no difference in neurologically favorable survival, which is defined as modified ranking scale 0 to 3 at hospital discharge or 3 months. This was 2.1% in the epi group and 1.6% in the placebo group. There are very few overall survivors, 130 in the epi group and 94 in the control group. This was because those who had ROSC before trial paramedic arrived and epi administration were excluded from the study. 
epi group had worse neurological deficit with MRS four to five at discharge from hospital. 31% had this in epi group versus 17.8% in the placebo group. Strength of this study, it's well-designed, large sample size, baseline characteristics were well-balanced. There was good concealment of randomization throughout using ITT analysis. It's pragmatic and it's patient-centered outcome. Limitations. Fragility index for 30-day survival was only six, so not very statistically robust. Exclusion of early ROSC reduces generalizability. Perhaps a subset of this patient had higher rate of survival because epi was given early. Although EMS response time was good, six minutes, time to first epi dose was longer than expected, 21 minutes, which makes us question the result shouldn't it be given sooner if we wanted better outcomes? Possible attrition bias. Almost 20% from each group were lost to follow-up for secondary outcomes. It's not generalizable to inpatient setting because differences in time to CPR, BFib, and epinephrine. The PEMPER trial. The PEMPER trial was led by Sperry and colleagues, published in New England Journal of Medicine 2018. It's a study titled Pre-Hospital Plasma During Air Medical Transport in Trauma Patients at Risk for Hemorrhagic Shock. It addressed the research question, in blunt or penetrating trauma patient, does the use of pre-hospital plasma compared with, compared with standard care resuscitation, not including plasma, reduce 30-day mortality? The NRC bottom line is administration of thought plasma during pre-hospital transport of trauma patient is safe and resulted in a 10% absolute decrease in 30-day mortality and a lower median INR than standard of care resuscitation. The study design is a pragmatic multi-center cluster randomized trial of 501 patients. The randomization was by air ambulance service rather than patient level, and there were 27 air ambulance services in the states that were included. Population. Inclusion criteria. Adult with blunt or penetrating trauma, transported by air ambulance from scene of injury or from outside referral ED to a trauma center, and at risk for hemorrhagic shock with at least one episode of one hypotension with systolic less than 90, and tachycardia, heart rate greater than 108, or two, severe hypotension, systolic less than 70. Exclusion criteria include extremes of age, age over 90 or less than 18, unable to get IV or IO, isolated fall from standing, Known cervical cord injury, prisoner or pregnant females, traumatic cardiac arrest over five minutes, penetrating brain injury, isolated hanging or drowning, greater than 20% total body surface area burn, admitted to outside hospital. 
Intervention was two units of thought plasma, which was group AB or A with low anti-B antibody titer, given before other resuscitation fluids. Go and then go directed resuscitation thereafter with a target SVP greater or equal to 90. Comparison was usual crystalloid resuscitation guided by local air ambulance service protocol, and this was not standardized. And goal directed resuscitation thereafter with target SVP over 90. There was 13 out of this 27 services also carried two units of packed red cell that could be given. Outcome, primary outcome was 30-day mortality. This was lower in the plasma group, 23% versus 33%. Absolute rate reduction was 9.8% and NNT of 10. Secondary outcomes include 24-hour mortality, not significant. In-hospital mortality, not significant. Median 24-hour volume of RBC, not significant. Median 24-hour volume of crystalloid, not significant. Vasopressor in first 24 hours, not significant. Multi-organ failure, not significant. Median initial INR was lower 1.2 versus 1.3 in the plasma group. Strength of this study include pragmatic design, high ISS with variable presentation which makes it generalizable, subgroup analysis, and this, consist, this was consistent with survival benefit. Small volume plasma showing a big result. Limitations of this study include it's not blinded, which can introduce potential treatment bias. Standard care, not standardized, up to air ambulance service. There was imbalance of pre-hospital care in terms of RBC and IV fluid. Interestingly, survival benefit persisted even after adjustment for crystalloid administration or pre-hospital RBC transfusion. 10% mortality benefit is huge and makes us question whether it's plausible. And this should this study um, makes us, uh, this huge study benefit makes it us question whether it's real and uh, makes us wonder whether this study should be repeated.